If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's first. Blah Okay, guys, welcome back to the Guy America Show. We are going to be chatting with friend of the show, Chris Barrett. Been around a long time, been in the chats a long time. If I'm not mistaken, I think Barrett, because I know he was in the Discord, he might have been back in that, like, the original Google Hangout back in the day. But I don't know. Uh, yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. But he's definitely yeah. been around for a long time. He's been on the show once or twice. And he's back again talking about his new tarot deck and his Kickstarter, which seems like a a super cool project you guys should check out. Yeah. Well, I've taught, I mean, I've talked to him a lot in the past too about, about magic and all kinds of different things. It's uh, he's been sort of like a mentor in some ways in that way to me. Yeah. It's interesting. So that's a great chat. If you guys want to skip that, of course, there's always a timestamp in the show notes so that you can uh, go ahead and skip that. And if you don't want to hear our lazy ramblings, but these, this week's lazy ramblings will encord the border crossing with both ways, both ways, which turned out to be a fucking fiasco in both directions. Um, so should we do, so a, do you want to get in, You want to get into that right now? Okay. Or? So here's like the root of my problem. So I was going down there because I, a for one, I bought, Myself an AR fifteen, pretty cheap too, down in Montana at the gun show. Can you say how much then? Or oh, there's a gun show in Montana. You're actually you actually went to a gun show then. I well, I wasn't there for the gun show, but I had some buddies at the gun show, and they knew I was in the market for one. Yeah. So they were sending me some pictures, and it was seven. Yeah. It was seven hundred bucks. Okay. So I, I was no like, idea if that's good or bad or what. It seemed like a good deal, and he had a gun guy with him. Seemed it was pretty good. I had it out shooting yesterday, and those guys seemed to think it was a pretty good gun. So for seven hundred bucks, I figure you can't go wrong. I've always wanted one. I unfortunately can't bring it to Canada, but this does pretty much have me convinced to to buy this the Canadian one because I mean it's a little expensive, right? It's like twenty five hundred bucks. But then I was talking Whoa. to George, and he's like, I'll get you 10% off. Because they've come out what? with this new SAR18. Because the entire- So this is the Canadian version This is the saying? Canadian version. That they've, so the Canadian gun makers have found some loopholes to jump through to make this thing that seems, as near as I can see, is identical to an AR-15. But they're calling it an A-18, and the company that makes it is SA, Sterling Arms. Okay. And it's fully non-restricted in Canada, which means I can take it out in the bush. I can take it out shooting whenever I want, just like we do our other guns. Okay. So, but it, I've been, I've been like, fuck, 2,500 bucks, a lot of oh, money yeah, to that's spend. A lot, yeah. it's, it's a hit, right? 
So, yeah, but then yeah. I was out shooting these things all weekend and you get down and like, everybody has their own AR, you know, it's like, it's like your, I don't know what the, like your phone case or something. And they're all a little different, you know, different colors. They all got different mods on them, different scopes and all different calibers. And it's just like, I know all these Americans and they've all shown me their ARs and I just always want one. So I got one. And I was down so there I, shooting. Okay, I, but anyway, that okay. has me convinced that I need one here in Canada because I have yeah, my SKSs yeah. and stuff, but they're just not the fucking same. Can I it, ask you some technical details about it? I don't know. Because I, I know nothing about guns, but well, how, how are you allowed to buy a gun in the States then? I'm an Indian and the gun show oh. loophole. <laughs> and to get into that, that's part, part of the reason I'm not hundred percent sure that I am allowed to buy a gun from the States. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of thought maybe I shouldn't ask this, this question before we talk about it, but it doesn't not seem on the like, show, you know, it's that the gun shows that don't come up. So, but you, so you do a private sale. You don't have to, I mean, maybe you're supposed to, I don't oh, want to okay. get into the, okay. The okay. 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 You don't want to get into the legalization it, about, okay. Maybe it's gray, but you know, it seems to be, but a is there an, a, is there an AR that, is there an AR, uh, is it a brand? No, but or is there it's a bunch a, of it's different a platform. Brands, like, it's a type. Because there's a bunch of different brands of it. Of makers that yeah, sell ARs, my like a bunch of like, two different types. It's a, I think it's a Palmetto upper, upper, and a Noreen lower. Oh my god, really? Wow. Yeah. So it's just a super standardized functional gun. Yeah, with like super little modules, recoil. modular, it's real standardized. Easy to keep like, on, yeah. Keep on target. Yeah. I mean, it's they're okay. they're real fun to shoot. Okay, so it's a high performance kind of thing as well for for. I mean, for they're general. ultimate yeah. urban warfare weapon. It's it's no surprise that the government doesn't want us anywhere near the fucking things. Right. But the, anyway, these guys have found a loophole, and I'm like, you know, this loophole might not be here forever. That's a good but point. if you yeah. get it, you got it. And, um, hey, I bet you it'll go George up in said value. George said he could get me 10% off. All my guns have gone up in value by like 30% at this point. Wow, I could sell yeah, any yeah, of yeah. them, and, you know. Yeah, it might be a good, just an investment, actually. And a great toy, and one down there is so fun. So you're not gonna tell it's identical. It's be five, I'm getting the I'm gonna get the five five six, so it shoots five five six and two two three. So be cool. So anyway, I knew I can't bring the AR back. If I had an AR, when fucking dummies list came out in 2020, Trudeau's fifteen hundred. If I had it already, I'd be fine. He couldn't come take it, and it wouldn't be because. We were back. And you could have taken that over the border even too? I couldn't or? have taken over the border. That's probably, well, back then you could have when it was non-restricted. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But then he banned it. But so, but okay, the so then, Indians so only were, since then you couldn't. Indians yeah. were exempt. So if I would have had it already, I would have been okay. So my thought is if I can get my hands, now that I don't have it and the ban came in, I can't buy it and I can't import it. So I have no way of getting it. But, if, but uh, the Canadian law says I can have it because I'm an Indian. Right. We're exempt from okay. that list. So I just want to get this fucking thing before he bans them. And I'm thinking it'll be the same thing where I'll be exempt. I'll be able to keep it and get my scary okay. black gun. Okay. So you're getting, well, I mean, geez, the one that you so brought anyway, back I knew scary that. enough. I mean, that's, that's a just BB a gun. rifle. And it's it a looks BB like, gun. What? That's a B, the one I showed you. It's not a real, that's a BB not a real, What? That's a BB gun. It looks super scary. Oh my God. You are Justin Trudeau. <laughs> It's a BB it, gun. It's huge. Yeah, it's a, it's like a it's a pretty strong one. I think it's like almost six hundred feet per second. I thought you brought a. Rifle I actually guy. thought it was four hundred and fifty-two feet per second. 
is what it said on the box, I thought. But then that fucking douchebag at the border had Googled it while he was ripping my truck apart and says it's actually 572 feet per second. So (laughs) I can't take it into Canada. And then I pulled out my firearms license. So then he had to let me in the end. Okay, let's let's get to that later. So anyway, I was also like, um, I wanted that 300 hunting rifle. And I had that uh, the jewelry to pick up. And the AR, I knew I couldn't bring back. I just wanted to go play with it. I was going down there to play with it. The weather's warmed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the pistol down there to go play with, go out and shoot. Because you can't like just go out shooting with the pistols here. It's illegal. Got to go to the yeah. range. And you can not You can shoot at the range, but you can't do fun stuff like the target with the six things on it. When you shoot it from one side, it flips to the other side. Yeah, yeah. So you start with three on each side, and it's like a game yeah. where you're shooting back and forth to see who can flip the most to the other guy's side. Fun things like that, shooting gongs and stuff. And you can't do any of that here. So we were out there doing it. And I was just planning on bringing back that because as a friend of the show, won't mention his name, I don't want to get him in trouble, who's got uh, a super special, like 300 Weatherby rifle, which is a, a hunting rifle I want. I want a 300. It's a good moose gun, a good elk gun. I've wanted to get one. And we've been on a few of these trips together now. And we've been talking and he's like, he's got this one. He's never going to use it. His mama got it for him and she passed away. And he's like, I don't want to just sell it. I don't want to just, you know, have it collect dust and then get sold or, you know, so he wanted to give it so he knew it would use it or sell it to somebody who would use it. So I said, oh, I'll buy it. And I really thought it'd be no problem because it's a non-restricted gun and right, right. go down and buy this fucking thing and, so, and bring it back yeah. up. I really thought it'd be yeah. no fucking problem at all. But I can't. Well, you need like, to have to fill out some paperwork and stuff. I wasn't right? sure about the paperwork. This is how the whole fucking thing started. Okay, so because, the, now, so you're on your way down. Yes, because I had Googled, I couldn't figure it out. I'd call the guy, and you can't actually just call the Coots border, right? You're always calling like you end up on what? some. I thought, I thought you can could. if you're calling the Americans, you can just call them. But the Canadian oh, side, you it's can't the, call oh, them. Yeah, of you course. can't oh, talk yeah. to an officer. You get some fucking office clown. Yeah. So I had called him, and he seemed like I had to have some paperwork and I couldn't do it on the spot. I had to have it beforehand. Oh, Otherwise, before you went I, down? Yeah. Or before I came back at least. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. had to have a piece of paper that I had already. I couldn't do it on the spot. So, but it didn't cost anything. It was free because I had my firearms license. So I, I figured it'd be no problem at all. And I just like, I missed the fucking pull in to park on the Canadian side. Okay, well, wait, wait, we got to get, okay, well. So I was just going to go down, and I'm like, park. okay, well, I'll just go to the border, and on the way down, I'll park there on the Canadian side, and I'll go oh, talk to that, the border oh, guard on the way down. Okay, oh, on the and way, I'm, oh, I'm, I see. I missed the fucking turn into, there's a little parking lot before you go yeah. up to the agency. Oh, I see what you're saying. So you're and then I already go gone past the, yeah. it, and there's no turning around or backing up. Or, so I pulled up to the thing, and... uh so now you're at the U.S. Customs. Yeah, and I'm at the you U.S. You thing. To <laughs> and I'm like, right. hey, man, can I just go park in your parking lot for a second and just run and talk to the Canadian guys? Or how can I do this? He's like, well, what do you, what for? And I'm like, well, I'm, I want to bring a gun back and I just want to make sure I'm doing it legally. And he's like, yeah, you can go park over there and come in the office here. So they call yeah. us in the office and they're, so right away, they just pull you into their office. There's right no, away, like, they, yeah, they pull yeah. us into the office on the American side. Custom side, yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, they're like, they have us sit there for a minute. And, and you know, the funny thing is, 
while I was waiting to drive over the border, some motherfuckers were walking. I don't, what, what do you mean? I'd look like this Mexican family, two dudes and two kids were walking into the United States. Walked up to the fucking borders line in front of me. And I'm like, I've never seen people walking here before. And uh, they walked up, pulled all their passports out of a big Ziploc bag, passed them up. I'm like, this is going to be interesting. So it's, it's interesting because in Canada, in Canada, these borders are in the middle of nowhere. It's middle not like of nowhere. in the middle of a city. That's no, why it's, it's strange. Like you must have nowhere. to get dropped off by a cab, go through the border walking, and then picked up by a but cab. There's on the nothing other side. for fucking ever in either direction. You know, like the closest, <laughs> like there's like Milk River. There's like a thousand people there or less. You know, <laughs> and then on the other side, there's nothing for an hour. An hour, yeah. So anyway, he's like, "You're not, you're not buying a gun." I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not buying a gun. He's like, well, it'd be illegal for you to buy a gun because you're not a U.S. citizen or whatever. It's a straw purchase. So he starts saying all these terms. I don't know. I was like, listen, man, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm just going to buy a rifle off my buddy. It's legal in both fucking countries. I'm buying it and I'm bringing it back for hunting. I'm like trying to do the right thing here other than just throw it in my fucking trunk and drive home, which is what I, ultimately what I should have fucking done is I should have just put it in my trunk because they're like, no, you can't do it, blah, blah, blah. If you come back with it, we'll seize it and all this gobbledygook. So I'm like, well, great. Wow, I didn't expect it to be a, a clear shutdown right From the, the U.S. side. Yeah. Because of some export rule. or I don't know what the fuck's going on because they're the biggest arms dealers on the fucking planet. But <laughs> I can't get a fucking 300 hunting, <laughs> hunting rifle that holds three fucking shells over the border. Anyway, so he hauls us in. We're in there for a bit telling us we're, we're not getting this gun. And if we do, we're breaking the law or whatever the fuck. And I'm like, whatever, man. And he's like, I'm telling you, don't do it. He's like, if they don't take it, we will. And I'm like, well, okay. He's like, thanks. So we go down there and I'm like, well, we can't, we can't take it back this time. We just can't. Did he, can I ask you a question about them? Did they ask you if you're jabbed or not? Yes, they did ask if we were vaccinated. What? When? When in? Uh, When? Closer to the end. Closer to the end of the of the uh, interaction, kind of. Yes. Before the guns came up. Before the guns came up, really. And then, anyway, they said they couldn't stop me from coming in the country, and they couldn't stop me from buying a gun, but they could stop me from taking it out of the country. So I was sure they had told the Canadians something at this point. And, uh, you think? Oh, yeah. I'm certain. Because they thought I was going to get this gun anyway. So, did, but what did they say? About, how did they ask you about the job? I'm, just, I'm interested in that part, too. Like, they just asked if we were vaccinated. And you said, yeah. You, you yes. both said, yeah. Yeah. And that was it? And that, no, was it. that was it? That's that was all it. You, you just had to say, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We both have fake papers to back it up, though. Anyway. Are real papers or maybe fake? Uh, up to you guys. Yeah, exactly. Not my place to say. They're real to me. Um, they identify as real. So, yeah, then we went down to Montana, had a hell of a time. Met up with some people from the Egypt trip, some back of the bus folks. Showed up to the back of the bus and uh, went out for a nice dinner. Went and hung out at Brandon's. You know Brandon? Went and hung yep. out at, at History Shifts. Showed up to the History Shift at his place for a while. And uh, talked about Egypt and all sorts of crazy stuff. 
that you can talk about when you get a big group of people like that together. And the next day we went out shooting most of the day. And uh, then went out for dinner. Shut her down, came home this morning. Got to the border. And uh, Buddy was pretty nice. And I'm, so I'm like, all right. So I was like. Well, but well, hang on, hang on. Before you go there, because you said you you know, you know didn't want to do it this time. You, you said to yourself, well, oh, yeah, we're I not going to do it this Mon- time. I have that place in Montana where I, can, yeah, yeah. Where I got yeah. the gun safe. So, so. so what made you change your mind then? Because I was certain that they were going to fucking search my truck on the way home. No matter what. No matter what. They're looking for that 300 now. They think I'm going to get it. Because like, I was, you know how I am. I'm not like, okay. I was like pushing back on the Americans. I'm like, fuck that. I don't see why I can't bring this gun back. This is crazy. I have a pal. I'm an Indian. The Canadians say it's no problem. It's everything he kept saying I couldn't do. And I was like, well, the Canadian guy said it was no problem. So he's like, don't do it. And I'm like, they said it was no problem. Why can't you just export it to go go through the proper export paperwork and stuff? Like, pay your duties. So so anyway, we'll get to that point. So anyway, that was it. So I decided to just leave it down there. Took it out shooting. Shot a beautiful gun. Uh, I want to shoot a moose with it. So I'm going to go get it soon. Anyway, I don't think they'll search me for a while. But anyway, I just went and left it there with with the AR and shit. Locked up safe. And came back. I did get a BB gun, a new BB gun for the kids. That was the one I showed you that you're scared of. It's a... Uh, oh, so you didn't even bring it back. You're right. No, it's like I, all I brought back was that BB gun. And uh, I got the BB gun. It's like... So here's the thing. So it, looks, Canada, dude, it looks like a, da- it looks oh, yeah, like a very scary. dangerous yeah, it's, weapon. It's like, I mean, a, it's, it's like an AR cloned BB gun. Semi-auto. Okay, it's supposed to look semi-auto. like that, right? Oh, my God. Okay, like so... In Canada, you can buy them, but they're like seven hundred and fifty bucks. I got it down there for like one hundred and twenty bucks. Okay, and it takes this giant CO two cartridge, and I thought it was under five hundred feet per second. Honestly, because anything under five hundred feet per second in Canada isn't considered a firearm. Turns out it's like five hundred seventy-two. Is what Buddy Googled and found while he was ripping my truck apart, and I was. Just What's a bow? What's a bow? Do you think? <sighs> Uh, a good strong probably ball. like three or four hundred right okay um so i come back i had the bb gun i don't know and my theory is that they're like scanning your truck these days like kind of like when you put your bags in the in the thing they're doing that to you when you pull up to the border so i figured like i, I wasn't going to try and hide the bb gun or anything because it's, it's a toy it's metal, and they probably got a metal detector. Yeah, something to look for weird, like the sort of X-ray machines. They got all kinds of shit. So they can see the, the shape of it. So I was just like, they're like, "What are you bringing back?" And I was like, "Just a uh, uh, BB gun, you know, two hundred fifty bucks worth of stuff." BB gun. He's like, "How many feet per second?" I was like, four fifty. Like, okay, no problem. Seemed like it was all cushion. Then I was like, I was like, "Hey, I got a question for you. I got some guns down in Montana." And I want to bring one of them back. I want to bring my 300 back here so I can use it for hunting. I was like, how does that work? Do I need to get a form or a piece of paper? He's like, oh, oh no. Boy. He's like, all you got to do is just give us a rough idea of what the value of it is and then pay the duty on it, pay the GST. So he's like, if it's, it'd be uh, 50 bucks for every $1,000 value of the gun. 
He's like, my advice is just don't lowball the value because they'll just look it up and that's where you get yourself into trouble. But he's like, as long as it's non-restricted and you have your, this is what I thought. It's just no problem at all. You, you could, I don't have to tell anyone ahead of time. I just show up, say it's in the trunk. <laughs> and uh, they might want to look at it. They might not. Because they ask you all these questions, right? Are you bringing any weapons across? Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. So it's not illegal. You just have to declare it. So anyways, he's like, do you have any guns? I was like, no, just a BB gun. That's it. And uh, I thought maybe we were clear, but he's like, no, pull over to Bay 4, which is the same bay door we pulled up in front of when you had COVID. (laughs) Do you think that the total deja vu coming back to you? eh? Do you think that, um, so do you think that they would have pulled you over there anyways, regardless, even if you didn't have the BB gun? Like, do you think there was a flag oh, yeah, on no, there and I he think, was going to... I think there's a flag. I think the Americans went... Because they're, right the, they're in the same fucking building. Do you think that's got something to do with you being a douchebag coming across, like, multiple times Could have before? something to do with like, that, too. But, is so there a the, major think, flag from during COVID? I think the Americans <laughs> went dude. over and said, don't let him take that fucking gun out. I told him not to. Don't let him do it. It seemed, that seems like a lot of work for trying to track a, one person coming I back. Know. Like I know. They must so have anyway, to plug it into the system somewhere. Like, Did you give your, the American guys your honest, passport? Right. Did you give them your passport? Or? Yes. They, did they have your passport? Yeah, they had your passport number. You didn't just use your Indian card. No, I tried. I mean, that's, that's, they took, asked for my passport both ways this time, and I'm not letting them have it again. Oh, my just, God. Next time I'm so saying that's no. that's the thing, right? That's the thing. That's the kicker. So anyway, I get pulled into the bay now. They make me drive in, make me get out of the truck. I'm assuming you know they're they, going to- Oh, you pulled gonna, into the bay. Yeah, they're going to look through this shit quick and and fucking make sure there's no 300 rifle in here, which is a big gun. And it's just and a truck dude, with a for bed, two right? Hours, so they were two hours. They spent two fucking hours. They got the hood popped. They're rolling underneath the fucking thing. Ripping through all of our luggage and all of our bags. They took away Shauna's fucking um, antibiotics. They took her antibiotics. Yeah. And she didn't have the prescription on her. And it wasn't in a container that said. They brought the dogs in. Yeah, they brought the dogs in. The dogs went through my whole truck. Did the dogs find the antibiotics? I don't know. I think that was just because they weren't hidden. She. They they found, didn't have he a found all the one hitters. That dog found every one hitter I've ever dropped in my truck. So, the, so you just the, had like those, like you literally had lost those and you didn't know where they or were. Or they're like tucked away. Cause I'm not like this. My one hitter ain't fucking illegal. Fuck you. Right. And uh, so the, the, the drug cop came just, in. He was actually all right. You could tell he just, thought the whole thing was just a waste of time. <laughs> and he's like, just so, just so people know what a one hitter was. Cause I, I didn't even weed. know. I know, but it's just so you put like we never had those when I was oh. in in the game. It's like one hoot's worth of weed in there. It's like a little yeah, glass. Yeah, you just plug tube, one hoot's in and just that's it, right? Okay, yeah. So uh, he comes so in he with thought, his dog. He thought you were wasting time. Yeah. He comes in with his dog, and he's like, "So definitely smells like weed in there." He's like, "Found some pipes," and he's like, "But there's no weed. Do you have any weed?" And I was like, "No, man." And he's like, well, you smoke weed. And I was like, yeah, I smoke weed. I smoke weed in Alberta. I smoke weed in Montana. I smoke weed everywhere I go. But I don't drive over the fucking border with it because I'm not a fucking idiot. <laughs> Did you really say that? Pretty much. And he was like, yeah, okay. Well, and I was like, "Those are, you're going to find a bunch of antibiotics in there. 
There's you a said that? Go. Yeah, because, you know, I had already seen, because we went for a piss and we walked by and they already had that jar of antibiotics up on the shelf. And it was the ones we had brought back from Egypt. Oh, my God. <laughs> so they're just like in a jar, you know, and they counted 143 of them. They counted the fucking things. So we didn't even know we really had them, you know. They're just in the bag for traveling just in case you get a infection. So anyway, uh, they took all those away. and. That was it, really. They put everything back. But he was kind of trying to be nice. He's like, what kind of guns do you have in the States? I'm like, none of your fucking business. Where'd you guys go for dinner? Why was it the same guy? How does he know you have guns in the States? Because I told him. He told? Oh, you told him all that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because he asked about the gun show. He's like, were you done? I guess there was a gun show in Bozeman this weekend. Oh, okay. I was in Helena. I was like, now I was in Helena. How do you like guns? I was like, yeah, I I was shooting my fucking guns in Helena. I was like, he's like, so they're in the truck? I was like, no. Like, I told the guy back there, I left them in fucking Montana because I can't bring them here. And um, he just, you know how they try and get chummy, you know? Yeah. I was trying to ask Shauna where we went for dinner and if she, I'm like, dude, that's none of your fucking business. It's none of, you know, we're not like buddies. <sighs> so, I mean, we're, you're already in the search spot. You know what I mean? There's no point in being polite at this point. I'm not great at being polite anyway. Well, I was chummy with the guy that would come back from Egypt. I wanted to shake you his were head. That I time. can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. But you weren't the time coming through. You were just bitchy. Oh, yeah. No, I was. Yeah, I was fucking furious that time. But I like to bust their balls. So for and for two hours, we sat there for two fucking hours. Well, they went through my truck with a fine tooth fucking comb and didn't find a thing. Put it all back. No, it's just keeping them in in the job, too. They got to have a couple of those a day to keep them themselves busy. I mean, it's fucking so annoying, man. I mean, you gave them a perfect excuse. You're just talking about guns. I mean, that's an instant pullover right I'm there. I'm going to get that gun in a couple of weeks if you want to come for a ride. Ah, play with the not. AR for a couple of days. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe when they lift the restrictions. The, the restrictions are never coming off. Yeah, they are. Think so? Well, yeah, what's yeah, the new date? I think it's April. In like a few weeks? Yeah. What if they, but if they don't come off, what are you going to do? No, no, I think they up? said they were coming off. Like, what, what, I can't uh, be I'm totally look, sure. I'm going to look it up. Are you coming? You're coming to Utah either way, though, right? Yeah. I can tell people that you'll be in Utah. Yeah. American vaccine requirement. So yeah, what an interesting trip, dude. That's crazy, man. I don't know. Yeah, no, no dates yet. I don't see. Okay, well, I think it's gonna happen in a couple of weeks. I'm. Uh, you think it is? But yeah, yeah you want to let that stop? Yeah, it's gonna be a great event down there. Yeah, yeah. Well, we should talk about it now since you're mentioning it. Utah, baby. It's our. Uh, Probably my favorite event. The 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 parks are amazing. Bryce and Zion are something else, and the stars are something else. And uh, actually, you know, funny enough, the Airbnb lady called me today from there. Oh wow! To see if I wanted that other chalet again. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, but you know, they're great. The best. They're definitely the best hosts we work with. For sure, they're like in there hanging out with people and letting us do whatever the fuck we want. It's yeah. great. 
So we're going to have a time up there again this week, this, uh, this year. La- not our last event of the year. We have the Randall ones coming up and then the one in winter, but last one for a while. And it's going to be a gooder. April 20th to 24th. Have a little 420 bash. Brandon Powell, Dave Matheson. And uh looks like we're bringing on a third, but we'll have more details on that next week when, uh, well, we're having them on the show this week, right? That'll come out next yeah, week. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it will come out next week, yeah. Yeah. So stay tuned for that next week. But there's still some spots left. We could use some of you guys to come down to Utah and hang out with us for a couple of days. What you got? We're at 27 minutes already. All right, I got a I got an email that sort of is fitting for the show that we're talking about here, the intro for Chris Barrett and the magic stuff. And he was talking about, you know, Crowley and the Golden Dawn in the show. Um, we got into different sort of magical principles and stuff like that. Um, so this is from um, <clears throat> from a listener named Gary. He says, hi, Graham. I often hear you comment that certain people like our politicians or that murdering. <clears throat> now I got to be careful of what we say here. Yeah, you do. Um, <clears throat> Uh, I often hear you comment that certain people like our politicians or that scumbag Fauci as being satanic or Luciferian. Satan and Lucifer are two different things. I'm Luciferian, meaning that I followed the left-handed path. Create my own way. Won't bow, kneel, or give my power up to any god. Or actually says, or give up my power to a god. Will not give in or obey the mainstream political corruption and follow things like get the jab or wear a mask because a leader said so. Being Luciferian is far from being evil. It's all about being yourself and doing things for yourself and your family to forge your own path of success, relying, relaying on, relying on no one. Lucifer, the light bearer or morning star, is the true symbol of good, but the church has buried the truth as they did with so many other things so they can keep control of the population. With so much in this world that is upside down, why would we believe a Bible that has been revised so many numerous times as truth? Baphomet has also gotten twisted as an evil symbol. Baphomet is the symbol of equality and balance. His right hand pointing up and left hand pointing down is showing as above, so below. The way he's holding his fingers is the true peace symbol. Jesus is also shown doing the same thing in many paintings. The peace sign we know is the old symbol for war. The Bible is a book of lies to guide the masses into submission, and the people you call Luciferian is the farthest thing from the truth. They are pure evil. There are several books on the subject, and Priscilla Vogelbacher's Hallowed Be Thy Name is a good study. Actually, I I missed that part. I'm going to have to look into that. Thank you for your time. Love the show. Keep fighting the fight. And we kind of went back and forth a couple times, and he said... uh, he said something else here. Um, yeah, because I mentioned about the satanic church. Have you seen that that meme where they had this huge satanic church meeting and they're all jabbed and masked up? Negative. So he says, yeah, I saw that on the satanic church being all juiced up and wearing a mask. Not sure what that's about. Crazy. That, that alone proves Lucifer and Satan are different. As far as Jesus, I think if he was as riotous as the Bible says, He would be the first person to tell you not to follow him, but live your own life and follow your heart and spirit. Again, I think the church has squashed such beliefs to maintain control. You are correct. The symbolism is all intertwined, and maybe that's part of the plan from these scumbag leaders that we have. Sure as shit, we will never be told the truth. 
There you have it. You got any thoughts about that? Well, it's accurate. It seems accurate. Well, that's, that's kind of what, when I sort of try and defend a little bit about theosophy and the Luciferian stuff and that, I mean, that Lucis trust is kind of different, I think, in a way, because it broke away from, from uh, theosophy. But I, I think Blavatsky and theosophy get a, a bad name because of this Luciferian. I probably don't know enough to comment, to be honest. Yeah. Well, that's, but that's kind of, that fits kind of my, but it sounds my like def- my, my, talking about. my defense position on that stuff, you know? My defense so, position is to support the show. Yeah. Are you done? I, I got an email here too that could lead to support. So let's okay, talk about that. Okay. So, um, uh, hmm. oh yeah, he says, oh, did I, did I, re- oh no, now maybe I replied. Do you got, can you uh, do something for a second? I got to look for the original email. I think I pulled up. Do something one. like uh, what? Like talk. Oh, talk. Say something. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Support the show. America.ca slash support. It's more important than ever to support our little podcast over here. Whether you support Joe to America.ca slash support today, sign up for a monthly or make a one time. And you can sign up for as little as like a buck a month. You go two bucks a month, 10 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month, whatever you think the show is worth to you. I mean, maybe you haven't subscribed. It's your first time donating. Maybe you could be a little higher, 20 bucks a month for a few months and then. Bring it down to two bucks or three bucks, whatever, whatever floats your boat, I suppose. Or you can have a America Outlaw.ca and sign up and support that show over there. You know, that it all goes to the same place. It really does help. And we can't do this without you. We won't do it without you. We'll be, you know, that just all dries up. So America.ca slash support, guys, if you can, when you can, more important than ever. I mean, we're trying to make money other ways with the audiobooks and the tours and stuff like that, but you, you can't forget that the show is just critical infrastructure when it comes to that. If you want yeah. us around, you got to tell us with those dollars. America.ca slash support. Please sign up today. Right on. Okay. I found his, uh, his original email, so I hope he doesn't mind me reading it. Um, you ready? Yes. My name is Trevor. I live up in Peace River, Alberta. So he's a local guy. I found the show through the Snake Bros when you guys did a swap cast. It blew me away that you guys are so local to me being in Alberta. Now, I thought that was pretty cool. A guy I met working nights on a shutdown in 2021. Huge life change happened for me on that shutdown, but that's another story. He shared the Brothers of the Serpent podcast with me. That really kicked up my journey. I'd been a fan of Rogan, but did not follow him to Spotify, so I had to find a new podcast anyways. Since then, the synchronicities just keep flowing, showing up everywhere. has been an amazing journey for my personal and spiritual growth. Grimerica has become one of my favorite podcasts. Since your back catalog was so long and I had listened to the bros in order, I'm still not caught up and I wasn't going to try that again. Instead, I just scroll and pick out guests that I know and then I'll listen to the breadcrumbs that you guys drop on the show about the guests you've had on. I hear a name, I stop and go to that app to my queue or add that app to my queue. No order, but then they seem to always be in perfectly relevant order for my journey on a quest for knowledge and brain expansion. This has been a much funnier way to do it. Even when I listen to older episodes, they still feel new to me because they are. I finally listened to one with David Weiss in the Flat Earth, which inspired Darren for Adult Brain. I still laugh at that. Then I hit up the Scott Adams one after finding out he was on the show in your telegram. Jay Dyer was good. Then I went to Wall Thornhill in the Electric Universe, followed by Rupert Sheldrake. This is where I finally hear Red Pill Junkie. 
heard of this guy in this world of questioning things was very interesting as, as this one was from 2014. He was very on point with his predictions when he read the article about the BBC and getting rid of opposing ideas in science. If only you knew at the time how much things could change. Now with the banning of any opposing ideas from the narrative. But you cannot hide the truth forever and I feel they are losing people as they keep doubling down on their ridiculous lies in the mainstream. Thanks to you guys, I now listen to No Agenda as well. I'm a supporter of both your shows. I love Outlawed and of course had to sign up for that right away. I think it's a good model. I don't know. I couldn't listen to this. I couldn't not listen to the second hour. Maybe that's just me. Thank Darren for signing up to support. Thank Darren for me signing up to support Grand America Monthly. The show has added so much value to my life and makes my days at work full of brain expansion. I couldn't take any more guilt after hearing him ask for support. Keep that up. Now I can feel good when he brings it up. I've joined the waiting list for the contact at the chalet. That's another one of our events that we'll be doing, I think, in the end of this year in Canada. Also hope to join the 2024 contact at the Eclipse in Texas. You can definitely get about- into the infamous uh, <clears throat> one. Email me and I, you can, there's room left. Yeah. And then he, the and he talks about getting, getting his ass into the U.S., which we just went through with the border and stuff. Um, this will likely be the first guns. No, this will be likely one of the first or more of more emails. Sorry, this is getting so long. And then he asked about, would you ever have Weiss back on? And he asked about RPJ, red pill junkie as well. RPJ kind of drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. He's like Micah Hanks might have too. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to me how many people just um, fell, fell. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So we already saying support the show. With thanks for listening. Another way to support the show, uh, we did start some new YouTube channels as a way to maybe try and get out there a little bit more. Um, the one Graham's doing with the audio books have a bunch of free audio books on it, and a bunch of excerpts and stuff. That's the Adult Brain one. It's in the show notes, of course. Adult Brain Publishing, if you just want to search for it on YouTube. I think you just had the new book come out, right? There's the new book out. It's called The Lost Language of Symbolism um, Inquiry, uh, Volume 1. It's an inquiry into the origin of certain letters, words, names, fairy tales, folklore, and mythologies by Harold Bailey. I think people would recognize um, Harold Bailey's name. He's He's come up quite a bit recently. So he's been mining information from mythology, folklore, religious texts, and fairy tales around the world. Um, he's a foremost expert on symbols and explains the word origins and their meanings. It's kind of a little bit like that one that we read right, right at the beginning of our audiobooks, um, The Esoteric Structure of the Alphabet by Alvin Boyd Kuhn. It's, it re, a lot of it reminded me of that. <clears throat> um, so yeah, super interesting book, and it's for free on YouTube. For it's 10 hours for free. Uh, so, you know, subscribe to the channel, watch some of it, listen to it if you want. Um, you can also, it'll be on Audible eventually, um, not for a few weeks at least. Um, and a lot of our other stuff is on Audible, but you can find it all at adultbrain.ca, the website, and those books will link to. I got to put that, I got to put this one on that website, but all the other books are there. Absolutely. That's Graham. Don't call me Dirty Dunlop. Um, and of course we have our other new YouTube channel, which is Grammarica Media, which is focusing on all the video, taking our stuff that used to be on Rockfin, 
cleaning that up, editing it up a bit and, and releasing that for free on YouTube, as well as a bunch of old of our, our old live streams, cleaning that up and re-releasing all that on a strict video only channel, which is Grimerica Media. Got the, some John McAfee stuff out there, the Shakespeare presentation from years ago, a bunch of climate change stuff, Azores stuff with Randall Carlson. Um, and that one's so the plan with that one is there's so much shit back there, hundreds and hundreds of episodes that we're trying to do a show a day over there, have one come out for, I think I'm going to shoot for a year. I've got it scheduled for like a two weeks right now. Yeah, we have to find ways that we can meet, like find other people. I mean, we really, the, the, with all the censorship and stuff, the reach, it's it's tough with the reach, man. There's no like, you know, if, if people got to come and find us really. So we're trying to... You know, we can clip a lot of these old stuff that we've done, which is great. And Darren's done an amazing job making these cute little videos. And then we have some old videos that we can also put on there because our, and the other reason is because our other channel is under perpetual strike uh, strike. And uh, it's, it's, it's looking like it's, it's going to be a countdown to see if we make it. I think we have another month to make it without a strike or the channel will be shut down and they can just pick whatever the fuck they want. Oh, dude, I wanted to tell you. Remember, we were going back and forth on trying to get them to tell us what was wrong with the one video that they gave us to strike for. I w- and they, they're talking about, oh, you know, you have to follow guidelines and then follow the who they and the CDC. They won't tell you what the guidelines are. And then, and then you, I'm listening to this long show on YouTube, and they're talking about the who, how dangerous the who is. And they're just like, it's 10 times worse than what we're saying. We're not saying. And, oh, that yeah, but that's allowed bad. on there. Yeah, that's allowed on there. So they're just cherry, they're cherry picking bullshit right now. I agree. I agree. So, you know, even if you guys don't, aren't YouTube people, if you are on YouTube and you don't watch the show there, you listen to it here. If you could head over and subscribe to those channels, it does help the algos. We need to get to a certain amount of subscribers to monetize and stuff like that. So whatever you can do over there, help us get out there, spread those YouTube videos around. And maybe that gets some more people over here listening to the show and maybe supporting one day. Or you can tell people about the show, sign them up for the newsletter, however you do it. You got a bio for a man? I do, yeah. He's initiated into a melange of traditional wisdom modalities taught by my his teacher Frank in the twenty five years quoi. before in, in the twenty five years before uh, he became his student, he spent exp, he spent expanded his original Sami background while he traveled the world looking for the perfect wave. I'm also a self initiate into several modalities of Western ceremonial practice around Kabbalah and achieving the great work. I mean, he also helps a bunch of people in addiction stuff as well. And he works with, with other plant medicines. Um, I want to just mention that's not in here, but I know Chris helps a lot of people all the time. So there you have it. There you have it. Enjoy the chat. Chris Barrett.
Chris Barrett, how's it going? Thanks for joining us. Um, it's been wonderful, man. It's been really good. I'm finally getting some shit done that I uh, I, like, I kind of started doing tarot stuff like around 2018, like when I started getting back into mystical art. And um, I was like, I'm never gonna do a deck. I couldn't do it. And one of Miguel Connor's friends, this guy whose name I'm not going to say because I don't know if he wants me to say his name. But anyway, a very talented, very sort of influential guy who had been in the entertainment industry. Um, I was just doing mystical art, trying to capture the idea of different things like meditating on Sephiroth on the Tree of Life, things like that. Um, and... Um, He's like that. He's like you, these need to be tarot cards, and I didn't even see that they were like tarot cards, right? Like I, I like because they were they're so different. And he's like, no, this is that, this is that, and like he's named like five different pieces of art I did that were, that would work as tarot cards. I'm like, oh, well maybe. And then as I started getting into it and started drawing, as we got into like the pandemic, I started drawing the cards more, just you know for sanity. And um, uh, the, the, I developed a relationship with the cards with with the ideas and with the concepts you know that must have so, been around the when you first contacted me when we i mean i think it was 2018 probably or 2019 when i first met you guys yeah 20 maybe even 2017 i've been listening to you guys for a while like yeah no, i was yeah, listening to you guys a, when you yeah. had when you had rick simpson on which is like in the hundreds i think i was listening oh. to you guys when you did yeah. that 139 yeah, yeah. Like I was I was already listening to you guys when you guys had that episode on. And that's actually that led me to sort of re-embrace my plant medicine activism and my my shamanism and to figure out how to make medicines that work. And it's why I know I make very effective medicine for treating a lot of things. And it's because it's because they broke the plant, you know. They when they specialized for THC, they lowered the entourage of the other cannabinoids and the plant works as a system. So if you take away half the system and augment just the part that makes you feel good, it's not going to work as well as a medicine, you know? So if you blend like a CBD, the two, two species of hemp and lower different, it's all about the, getting the most cannabinoids you can into a medicine. So you want four or five strains, some just hemp, some regular weed, blend them all together. And that's, that's for me, what has worked very effectively for treating cancer and stuff. Um, cured my dog cancer. who was just walking in here and he's like 18 years old now. Wow. And he had cancer three or four years ago, two years, maybe two years ago. I don't know. It was during 2000. 21 so yeah a couple years ago he had he had a huge cyst on his stomach that we had removed but then they said it spread throughout his body i gave him cannabis medicine medicine for three months and it's two years later and he has no symptoms and there's nothing wrong with him you know other than he's old and fading but yeah yeah wow um, so yeah. you've you've gone from like you know thinking these things might end up being tarot cards and you've got you know you got a show now and everything too right you want to oh yeah i did um a little bit I, about, I, the, about the you know, the, the transition from just that idea to actually doing it. Um, yeah, I, I think I, well, I was just doing like esoteric art and I, I, I make some money on the side doing like custom artwork for people, you know, like, um, people will want something from, I don't know, like people like my stuff, they pay me to do art. I do commissions. I do magical art. Right. Um, and I started, um, it was really just about trying to just understand like how archetypes affect our reality and how um like just the basic like how symbols are more than symbols you know and um it's it, this is it's a it's a it's a thread that i've been into for my whole life when i was not when i was every 10 years five years i'd start drawing a couple tarot cards and then i gave up on it i'm like it's too much work 
And um, I just got pushed really hard by some very kind people to really make it happen. And I, I have, you know, about half a deck done. I need time and resources to, to do the rest of it, which is why, you know, part of the reason I'm here, because the per, the half a deck I'm, I have done, I'm going to be launching a Kickstarter for where you're going to be able to get the Major Arcana and a bunch of Oracle cards, which are just things that are like Major Arcana, but are almost more like a Jungian archetype thing, like mountain or ocean, rather than like more specialized, like the bigger, grander archetypes. Um, and I'm going to be publishing that in June if the funding, if the crowd just wants me to, if they want to pay for it. So have you have you finished the major then? Oh, uh, I have I have all, I have all 22 majors done, and I have about I have well illustrated probably half the minors, um, and colored probably a third of the minors. And I just have I just it's a it's I got to say it's a I, long process, right? It's a long process, and I sort of set myself back because I, I, I originally started doing the cards. This is something for tarot deck creators. I would say really do your research and decide what size you code, what size you want your cards to be before you start, because I was drawing them in two different sizes and I wasn't sure which one I picked. And I, I, now I have to go back and resize half my deck to make them a little taller and skinnier, you know? Um, so yeah. Um, well, yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned magical art right no can yeah talk, yeah are, can you talk about that process at all um yeah for sure um i uh i i have visions sometimes of things like i will get really strong visions of ideas and situations and truths and like the art for me is as much a part of like i do art and the art is both learning a thing that I want to learn and it helps me to understand things. And I, and I, a lot of like what's considered like traditional Western ceremonial magic. I did study, like I did a half-assed job doing the golden dawn when I was a teenager and stuff, but things like um, the tree of life and sacred geometry, those things came to me sort of the, all of those things I've never really understood until I did art about them. Like I had to do, and I like, I, I did it this, piece in when i was 18 years old that was you know just a piece of sacred it was it was a it was traditional sacred geometry but i did it because i'd seen a mural of it in my friend's bedroom on cole street in san francisco and they had this amazing mural which was literally like a map of my life it's got like the mural had sacred geometry and aliens and mushrooms and lizard people and it was like this amazing huge mural on in their bedroom and it was i can't believe it was not more famous and more people haven't seen it because it was this amazing beautiful mural they had a mind twin where like when you're on enthugens, if you looked at this one part where the sacred geometry was, it would form like persistent retinal images on your eyes. So it would start mapping and the really bright paints and the really dark paints would leave retinal images. And so when you would look, it would look like it burned your retina so badly or it stained your retina because you're on enthugens and that happens to the time where it would look like it started to move. And it was very cool. This, this whole thing was this whole mural started to move and, that was sort of probably one of my big inspirations for becoming an artist as an adult, you know? And then I, I, I left behind magic when I was in my teens, lived a normal life, married a Catholic, did all that stuff. Um, well, early twenties. And then I, I came back to it. Um, basically to find my sanity. Cause I, you know, um, long story, but you know, I had a horrible mid early two thousands and didn't know who I was and came back to, art 
art through magic through art and art through magic. You know, I realized that like William Butler Yeats was part of the Golden Dawn, right? And I was teaching this magician's poems in high school to like inner city black kids because there was this there's this book called Everything Falls Apart, which is about um African tribal villages, but it's the title is from that William Butler Yeats poem, right? And I love Yeats, don't really like Crowley. If you want to, if like, if there's a magical thing stand that I'll take, because I probably sort of creepy. And Yates, when Crowley didn't want to leave the Golden Dawn Temple, like when he was, when he got kicked out of the Golden Dawn, he went to the main temple where he and Yates hung out and he wouldn't leave and he wouldn't even leave the bathroom. He was like pooping in the corner and jerking off on the books and being totally fucking a disgusting creep. So Yates came in, came in and just literally bodily kicked him down the stairs, just be, like beat the shit out of him and threw him out of the temple. And for me, that, that's, I like Yates. I don't like Crowley, you know, because Yates, Yates never, Crowley's only thing was that he was was a magician, and Yates was an artist who also happened to be a magician, you know. And like, I would rather be the second than the first, although I probably am more like the first. Like, I don't know if I'm ever going to have any huge financial success from art, but I, I, I am learning how to support myself with it, so it's good. I mean, you know? did you come right back into the Golden Dawn then, or what? Where did you sort of enter back into that whole thing? Um. Or just all over the place. It was all over. The, I'm a really. I know gestalt. we were talking about chaos magic quite a bit when we first met. Yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a pretty gestalt person. Like I can't learn anything unless I learn unless I have a really broad picture and I'm fitting in the pieces. It's part of the like this project will be undone, 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 and then suddenly it'll be done and perfect, right? And I won't really know how it happened. And I, I it's sort of how my workflow works. I have to, and it may just be that I'm super ADHD. I don't know, but I like that. I enjoy doing like multiple things and I get really bored. I'm easily bored. So, um, so it was yeah, a, variety, a variety of traditions that kind of brought you back into it. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I think, you know, really getting back into the magic, magic part of it was, was listening to you guys and my dad who I'm estranged from now, but at the time I was felt very close to, he had prostate cancer and I was looking for the solution and right around the time I found out my dad had prostate cancer and they were going to have to do some pretty horrible treatments to him, like um, I, I heard the Rick Simpson episode. And then that led me, like, I heard that episode and I was the same time I was having dreams about these two women. Um, and there's going to, there's an, the reason I'm saying this, one of the archetype cards is going to be, is called Glade of the, Glade of the Gods or like later the teachers and it's this vision that i had and it's a picture of like just wooded glade like these tall trees in it but the trees are actually big weed plants and it's got all the it's going to have like individual perfect gigantic specimens of several plant medicines around in a circle around this glade and in the center of it there's going to be a little man standing by a pot like this cauldron and that's a vision that these two women in my dreams led me to over about two weeks and when i first ran into them it was like a there were punk rocks, like punk rock show, and they had these big green loafy dreads. And then as um as the as a series of dreams went on, they got more and more hippie-ish, and their dreads got loafier, and then they became they kind of became less looking like women and more like fairies or something. Their eyes got bigger and they were looked very magical. And then in the last dream, I show up and then I'm in this woods. And I hear this laughter and it's the two chicks that I've been literally trying to fucking figure out what they want because they bug me in the dreams. They'd come up and poke me on the shoulder. They'd harass me. So I end up chasing these two like scantily clad nymphs through the forest 
And then they stop at the entrance to this, like, and there's a dark forest with shades and it's like wolves. It's very scary. And then we get to this part where there's light and there's these trees and they like, they like stand, they open their arms. And as they walk past them, they turn around, they turn to these big, huge weed bushes and fill in behind me that part of the glade of the plant spirits. And then in the middle of that glade, and actually I had the dream right before, right before I heard your, your podcast, which is why I knew that this was the right path. I go and there's this cauldron in the ground and in the cauldron, there's this slowly bubbling golden liquid. Right. And it's, and it's, it's butane hash oil, like evaporating the butane out of it. It's exactly what it looks like. It would like that, like, cause it's a really slow gloopy process. Once it starts to thicken up and, um, that actually is what started because like I was contacted by something and then I made medicine for my dad. And before he'd even tired up and was fully on the THC based medicine, his prostate was 400 times the size of, or like 400% of what it was. So four times as big as it should be like about the size of an apple. Right. Within six weeks, when we went back to the doctor, they made him go back in for two different scans because his prostate was like 110% of normal size. So it was like only 10% more rather than three times more. It was like 10% more than it should have been. And like that was in six weeks. And then when they did the biopsies, they couldn't find any cancer. And they still wanted to like remove part of his prostate. We put him on radiation. I'm like, why? What? Show me where the cancer is. And I will totally convinced my dad to get this treatment, but can you show me anywhere on the scan there's cancer? They couldn't. And that was sort of the beginning of me really not trusting allopathy too, because this doctor, when he found out he wasn't going to be able to like stick radioactive needles in my dad's asshole. When he figured that out, he got, he got like, it was this most angry, creepy, like junkie going into withdrawal, like this darkness. And I saw a shadow in his eyes and he was so angry, so violent. angry. I'm like, listen, man, if it comes back, we'll come back, you know, like, that's fine. But like, I talked to my dad when you're out of the room and since there's no symptoms and there's no cancer, he's not going to let you treat him for cancer with things that can cause cancer, you know? And so that was the beginning of me not trusting allopathy. And then the more I sort of broke away from my traditionalist views and mainstream, the more and more like alternative healing and medicine and living magically became more and more important to me, you know? Wow. That's crazy. So then, yeah. so and and your dad's still alive? Yes, he's alive. I, we're, we're, I, he's, he's an evil man. Um, so I don't really talk about him anymore. But um, yeah, he's alive. He's in a home. You know, but he so, was. A, hmm? So what about? I mean, you you gave me some art a long time ago. Um, for my girlfriend and I, and and I mean, how do you? I want to if you can talk about it. Like, how do you infuse your art with magic? Um. I kind of go into a trance state. I, I start off with, I, like, I'll have an idea of what I want to draw and I'll start putting some images down. And, like, I've never been a person who had an easy time finishing art. Like, most of my life, I would, like, I have more sketchbook with, like, half sketched, half finishes, like, motion sketches of stuff. And what I found out is that, like, when I I'd do a drawing and I'd be like, oh, it's going to be so good because I would see the lines in there. But then as I try to clean it up, I get rid of the lines that I liked and I leave behind the lines I didn't like. So what I started doing is I started creating like, you know, those caves, like the shot, the cave paintings with the shamans where there's like the red dot paintings. You guys know about that. Where, where's yep. that? Where there's the red dot. And if you look behind the red dot, there's like yeah, all the animals crazy. and stuff. I was literally like downloading the Bernie Taylor episode. Like they probably just finished like after we started. Just now? Tonight, yes. yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so, the guy who was at the Lacau or Lacroix or Lasalle. Yeah, like like the ones in France, right? Like That's right. You know, yeah, but the Mons in France. Yeah. So that, that that's this that's a traditional shamanic like way of looking at things, right? So that that is the same thing as sacred geometry. It's trying to hack the endemic patterns in your perceptual machinery to sort of break them so you see beyond what you're actually seeing. Does that make sense? Like yeah. the pattern of dots lets you unfocus and see beyond the dots and it, it creates a sort of multi-level perception, you know. Um yeah, and I, and I think that I I used to more discriminate between art and magic. Right? I, like I was an artist who did art and mad, pe magic people did magic. And then I wrote a bunch of stories and some of them came true um, in very weird and unpredictable ways. Like I wrote this short story because I, 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 I write fantasy. And I have like a bunch of fantasy work I've written. I illustrate comic books. I'm all over the place with my creativity. And the stories coming true and also studying literary theory and how many of those people, like at the cutting edge of literary theory, are talking about magical principles and barely hiding it, you know? Um, and like for me, that, that it's, 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 so, it's a hard to explain process, you know? But, um, I've been drawn through D and D and actually through fantasy work and that kind of work. I was always trying to develop the best, most true elven language, right? Like the bows, like I wanted, I wanted to have, cause I thought that D and D cheesed out elves because tokens elves were tall and beautiful and thin. Right. And very like Oberon style fate, like the Lords of the forest kind of thing. And D and D elves were like, they made them short. You know, they made him weak. They, they, like, like the Gary Gygax elves, who is Gary Gygax is freaking amazing. Such a freaking genius. But they kind of camped out the elves. So I, when I was trying, when I played D&D, &D, I wanted to have a more serious Tolkien, world. Tolkien, yeah, yeah. Yeah, more, or even beyond Tolkien, like getting back into like the old, like the Norse stories of the Niflheim and stuff. Cause the Niflheim weren't tiny beings, you know, like none of the, the Norse elves were not like little tiny dudes they were like tall skinny rangy evil motherfuckers like and that, that, that and like i wanted stuff like that in my creative process so as i was creating this this fantasy world i started creating a system of language and i wanted this language to be like understandable i was trying i i i started drawing these shapes and realizing that the shapes i was drawing sort of looked like sanskrit when i would draw like a shape to represent something it would sometimes look like the Sanskrit character. And then I realized that Sanskrit is very somatic sympathetic. And by me, meaning that it, when you look at, it feels the way it, it feels what it means, right? Like you will feel, if you look at it and you're trying to imagine what the letter's feeling, right. But with this language that I use, or imagine that that's a picture of a person, that there's some part of you that's in there that you got to feel that's it, it's becomes more intuitive to understand it. And then it turns out that those same shapes that I was doing, that I was using are shapes that are used by like the Ogopogos. Is that the guys in the South Pacific who had the plasmates? Do you know what I'm talking about? You no, know the, talk Og about the Ogopogos, the, uh, the, the sea monster in Canada, Canada and Western Okay. Canada. Like there's, there's a, there's a South Pacific language that has, it's like the plasmates. It's like these little figures and it's like, God, it'll be like a guy like this. And he's got like a round head and like, there'll be like different people shapes. 
And it turns out those people shapes are also the shapes of like plasma. Yeah, that's Robert Shock's Robert Shock stuff, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the stuff yeah. I was drawing turned ended up look like I looked at that stuff and I'm like, holy crap, this is we're under the similar set of forms, you know. Um and I I uh all the fantasy, all that stuff. I would I wrote about tarot in my fantasy books. I was very interested in magic, but I didn't really believe that magic existed in that way in the world. And then I came full circle and met magical people and had some events that were that I can't really talk about, but that were indisputably proof uh, that there was some other force at work. System of meanings and relevances at work in our reality. And um and so yeah, I don't know. And I just started doing the deck. And the more I did the deck, the more it comforted me and the more I would have it would the more my life mirrored the deck and that's kind of what i would that's kind of what i'd like to talk about is like maybe just i think the easiest way to understand what i'm trying to do with deck is to understand how my relationship with the cards affects my life and maybe there's a couple little anecdotal stories that maybe will help make sense yeah yeah sure, you guys sure. Want to hear them. yeah yeah for sure but just to go back one more to about the uh sort of the magical art aspect like if you're doing a commission for somebody do you put an intention in there as well, like almost a sort of a. Did you do any kind of ritual or ceremonies or anything like that, or is um, there any any process to it besides I'll, trance? I said, well, for sure. There, like it, it depends. Like, um, and you don't have to answer it. I'm just curious because I I felt we definitely felt the stuff that you sent to me that one time when we did we did something. It was quite intense. Yeah, for I sure. Blow, I was pretty blown away. Actually. I. Well, yeah, like um, everything I do now is magically intentional. I yeah. try, like, I kind of can't live in any reality, but that it makes me pretty crazy most of the time. Um, and someday I will tell you exactly how far just supporting my life with magic has gone, but I can't do it in the current situation. I, like, just because there's some things I I won't talk about some things until they're over. And there's this thing I'm in the yeah, middle yeah, yeah. of, it's been great, and it's taking care of me. But I live by magic. I, I my life is supported by magic. It's supported by intentionality. My family is supported by it. Everything that I do is that. Um, so yes, for sure. And the the problem is, right, that reality, right? And then this is why I'm having a hard time talking about it, is because and part of the reason I'm doing the cards is because that reality, that um hold on, I wanna I wanna see if I can do something. Yeah. Um, just a second. I'm gonna see if I can get this thing open. Yeah, you share your screen. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because, um, boom, and boom. So this is um uh, the wheel of fortune in my deck. Um. Can you guys see that? Is that Fenrir? Um, it's actually a set. It's a set. It's what's called a set beast, and that is actually in my okay. So my the tarot deck. I, I had two choices about where I was going to go with imagery. There's a Rider Wright Smith deck, which is the most famous deck that everybody knows. Then there's the Thoth deck, which is sort of prettier, but is done by Crowley, and I don't trust anything that that guy touched. So I trust um the artist uh. Patricia Smith, who did the the Rider White Smith deck, 
she was associated with the Golden Dawn. She was associated, but she was also a Catholic Christian mysticist, right? So she was always trying to do the most intentionality. So is that up there? Because I, I have. Yeah, yeah, we can see it. Yeah, I okay, can so, see it. I just see a black screen. You can't see anything. I see your pointer on a black screen. If okay. I wonder if I wonder if how come how come I I can see it because I started the meeting maybe Darren so to give you some sort of uh... Uh, okay oops no uh, oh. I don't know no, that's cool that was me now I that was my fault oh that was... that's totally fine <laughs> but Wait, I, should I try do you want me to try and share it again try again yeah, oh hang good. on who, who can share who, uh, how many participants can share at a time multiple participants host okay. Uh, who can start sharing? Oh no, that's weird. That doesn't really matter. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, try it again, hey eh, Darren. Or yeah, try it again. Let's see what happens. Can you see it now? Yeah, I I can see it. Yeah, I can see it now too. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, all right. So, like, I I I really believe that we're at the we're at the edge of the human race making a huge evolutionary leap in our understanding of reality. Like, this is the wheel of fortune, right? But it's also a Nassim Harriman toroidal spiral, right? This is this, it's, it's, it's sort of a map. Like if you look at the center of the wheel of fortune, it's sort of a map of what I think, how you might get zero point energy. And there's two cards, right? That I, I always believe are tightly associated and are very closely associated. One is the world, one is the wheel of fortune. And the world is very similar to this. And I can bring that one up in a little bit, but they both, part of the reason I believe they're the same is because they have the celestial they have like the four seraphim, like the bull, the lion, the eagle, and the man, you know, and the wheel of fortune, they have in there, right, what the solution is. Because this is, this snake is actually supposed to be Typhon, um, the, you know, the biggest baddie in Greek mythology. Like, he ate Zeus's legs and Zeus couldn't get his legs back. He was only able to get his legs back because Pan fixed them. That's where we get Capricorn. Um, and this is a set beast, right? Which is like have it's got hands like that. Like if you whenever you see like these dog like creatures with human hands, that goes back to Egyptian mythology and these things called set beasts, which are like avatars of the god set. Um and the wheel of fortune, right, is about like on top of that is a sphinx who's part animal, part man. And it's about balancing, right, your animal, your wisdom, or you can look at the snake as wisdom and the the you can look at the snake part right this guy here is wisdom and this guy here is like the beast and it's about balancing those two things in a cycle right um but it it's these are all like the, the tarot magic i think most of our reality is we're we live inside of we live in a very limited perceptual envelope within a reality that is super big Right, our reality is expansively big in multiple directions, in multiple dimensions, um, through time and space. Like if you take a man in time and you look at a man across his whole life, and if you take one picture, it'd be like a thread or a worm or like you know a flowy thing, like Donnie Darko style. So I part of the reason I have a hard time talking about this stuff, and part of the reason I started doing the art is because I'm trying to convey meanings that don't easily fit into words. Does that especially make sense? English, especially English words. You, well, yeah, or Latinate words, honestly, because they're made like if I if we had old English, they might like Gaelic and stuff. There are probably better words for some of those things, you know. Um, yeah. So, and so, how do you get 
but the tarot is a just literally, it's a saturated book of symbols and meaning. And the reason I decided to do the tarot now, and one of the main reasons I decided to dedicate myself is because um is because that I think that's the thing we we're, we're missing. Like in general, people are miserable to the point where they want to fucking kill themselves because no one very like in the last five years, especially since the pandemic, all the things that used to have meaning have had their meaning diminished or limited or just fucking taken away, you know? And so if I can give back some meaning to the world, like if I can give back some book of symbols that helps somebody have a better understanding of their life and have meaning because meaning and happiness are inextricably interlinked. Like if you don't have, if you're not doing meaningful things, it's a lot harder to be happy. And I want to be happy. I want the people around me to be happy. I want to spread smiles, you know, whatever. Um, so I think, you know, when you're trying to describe these extra dimensional abstract relationships with time and reality and causality, it, I I do get like I I get to the point where I like the only way I can ever describe it is by doing a drawing, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So this that's that's that one. Let me see if I can find another one. Um. Yeah, because I want to show you the world too, if I can find it. Yeah, I think that's an important part right now. Meaning, I mean, I was going to ask you about young kids and like early twenties, men, men in the early twenties, late teens, like they they feel. I think they sort of feel lost right now, and and they they don't have the meaning. Um, well, yeah, and, and they're falling. They're falling for people. They're falling from bullshit from people like Andrew Tate. Whatever. I don't. I don't. I don't put stock in him either way. Like he's he's a kickboxer who was a cowboy. Whatever. If you want to listen to him, if you want to idolize him, if you want to think that he's got some amazing knowledge about manhood, go ahead and follow him. You know, um, except like my daughter's ex-boyfriend started listening to Andrew Tate back in September. My daughter broke up with him. And now the guy, the guy is so controlled by his current, by his new girlfriend that he can't even like talk to me. And the kid was like my son, you know, but like, so I, I, I think, you know, but Andrew Tate gives meaning, right? Like, that's the thing. He, people, I, I'm wary of people. I'm super worried. Like, I'm the Miguel kind. I, I worry about people who say they have the answers because I don't. I don't think the answers are easy. And I think that, you know, that there's a lot of people who talk about like the Galactic Federation stuff. I don't, Maybe, you know, maybe there's some Galactic Federation, you know, organizing all of this shit and we're going to get saved by the aliens. But it's like, it's not anything different than like crazy people were saying in the 50s. And like, I don't see that. Do I think that there's some sort of huge universal force working for the good of humanity? Absolutely. Do I think you can say it's from Zeta Reticuli? No, I don't. Because I don't think that that's how that stuff works. At so, least but, not but, my experience. But we can get back to simpler symbology and mythology, like the hero's journey and sort of some of some of that stuff, like maybe through symbolism? Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I think, you know, the, like the, the tarot, tarot is also called the fool's journey, right? And the major arcana, I did those because they're so important about it's really a path for spiritual development and it maps onto the it maps onto like there's 10 sephers in the tree of life, but there's 22 connections between those in the traditional Kabbalah. Right. So every tarot major is a path between two different sephirs. Right. Does it make sense? Yeah. And so, yeah. and it starts at the top and heads down. Right. So when you get to the bottom, you're at the world, right? At the top is the guy who's zero. The fool's actually, 
up at the top, right? Or it depends on how you look at it. Some people think that descends, some people think it raises, but the fool's stepping off the cliff from heaven into the world, right? The fool is the guy who has it. He's done. He beat the game and he's going to go back into it, right? And he's happy about it, you know? Um, and for me, like, I don't know, like, I think that, like, like, so it does transfer into that, right? It transfers, the knowledge does transfer, but it's, it's a, it's a complicated, complicated system of beings, you know, but there are some things that I don't think you should mess with. And another reason I don't like Crowley, right, is because Crowley flipped justice and strength, right? And he called strength lost and made it the gate to the higher arcana, right? Because justice is like, what, 11, I think? So um, Crowley flipped those cards, right? And so strength is eight in the, in the traditional tarot and justice is 11. He flips those cards. So he, he makes, yeah, it's 11 because 11 is gate also, right? Two, two pillars, two pillars. It's the, so there's the lower arcana, right? Which is like the fool of the magician, the high priestess, um, and it, they get more and more complex. And then you hit justice, right? You, you start, you go from strength and then um, you hit justice. And then the next card is like, um, well, death is 13, I think. Like you, you get to death really quickly, right? You get to these bigger abstractions. And the farther, the higher you go in the major arcana, the bigger abstractions that you get in this sort of elemental cycle of like, uh, it's just now it's like it's the cycle of the planets released three times. You got seven major planets that happens three times, and then there's the fool, right? Um, and so God, I feel like I'm not making any sense anyway. No, no, that, that makes sense, yeah, that makes sense, yeah, yeah. So, and so to get back to why I really believe in the tarot, because well. When I was a kid, I've told I told you some stuff about this in my last podcast. Let me tell you about the first taromancy that I was actively involved with that I did when I was like 20 years old. And I did it because I was a bad kid and I hurt a lot of people and I couldn't stop having nightmares about it. And I was super violent and I came from a super violent family and I was, you know, a drug addict and just sort of a useless piece of shit person. And I was tired of it, right? I was just fucking tired of it. I was tired of hurting. I was tired of all of it. And so, but I couldn't stop having nightmares about all the horrible things I'd done because I, I lived as a criminal and made lots of money as a criminal for a couple of years. And so I moved back to my hometown and I met some witches from some that were sort of silly witches when we were in high school, but they'd spent a couple of years getting more serious. Started hanging out with them. And I was, I, I wanted to be done. I wanted to be done being a junkie. I wanted to be done being an addict. And so I called down justice on myself. I called down, I literally pulled out the, the justice card. I pulled out the judgment card. I pulled out death. I pulled out the hanging man. And I made, I put myself in a box with those things and said, no cards get drawn in my life until this is finished whatever you have to do to clean my karma, whatever you have to do to protect the people around me, do it to me, right? And within two, within two weeks, I was smashed into a tree at like 60 miles an hour and I was hanging upside down from my head, um, not from my head, from a seatbelt in a car, 
right? And so, and the last one, the very last card was, um, you're going to show us the hanged man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's me hanging upside down, um, in my car. Right. And it's, I, I could, I could show you the picture of it, the, the actual car, but, um, yeah, it's the hanging man. Right. Cause the hanging man for me, right. Can you see it, Darren? Yeah, I can. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. So the hanging man for me is about it's the Zen awakening thing, right? It's about hanging from your head until you're about until you get hanging from your foot until you hit the revelation. That he's always got flames around his head. He's always hanging upside down from a tree, you know. And so you were asking like earlier, you asked about sigil work and stuff. There are sigils in here. There are even eyes in there, but I don't. I part of the chaos magic thing that I still kind of do is. You put in a meeting and then you hide it from yourself so you forget about your intentionality yeah, yeah. because yeah, attachment yeah. attachment to result can fuck with magic, right? So like there's a lot of decision work in here. Like and like in fact I have if you want to look at like symbolically, this is like a lava rotary and a dextro rotary water spiral around this guy's head inside a ring of fire. You know, um lava rotary means left hand Wittershins, like it's a spiral that goes like that if you're facing it and right. Deck for rotary is over the top clockwise, clockwise, counterclockwise. And so counterclockwise banishes clockwise summons, you know? Um, and so if you look at the card layout, I have that. This is the card layout is actually the, there's the title at the bottom. Can you see my cursor? Yep. Yep. All right. So I, I'm putting my cursor over the hanging man. And then there's these four little spheres and those four little spheres become the elements and the directions. Right. And then those energies move into this, weave and then here they're going to left and it's banishing all the nasty shit it goes up here and it braids together right there's the braids up at the top which are the the elements starting to work together and then they come up with a number and out of the sort of out of the number comes the card that's sort of how i look at it right yeah yeah um and so for me that's this is a gate to like the, the hanging man for things some people think it's negative some people think it's positive for me it's generally a positive card right um Yeah, can you see that, that one? Yeah, yeah. Did you see death come up? Did that pop up? No, just this one here. Oh, is this death? Yeah. Hold on a second. Might be death, yeah. 13, death? Yeah, it's death. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's the death that's card there, right? All in the background. And the yeah, yeah. And so, once again, like, tarot for me, like, like there's, there's some parts of the tarot which are, like, I want people to understand the solution, right? Because a lot of tarot cards seem scary, right? Death, the death card seems scary. It says death on it. Oh, you're going to die, whatever. Like, I think that if you look at this, it's less scary, right? And if you look at, like, and I, so this is, and so what you have here is you have, like, a rose, which is um, the tree of severity. There's lilies, which is the tree of mercy. Um, You got a Metatron's cube down here, it's putting together all the elements, but you still have a dead bishop and a dead king, you know? Um, and the idea for me is like, I had a near death experience. Like, after, well, before my car accident, after I'd done that ritual, I was, I had a near death experience and I nearly died from a drug overdose in the middle of a party. And um, I turned blue. People were worried about me. I was, my heart wasn't beating. And I had a bad experience. I had one of the near death experiences, but that was not pleasant. Like, it was, wow. yeah. 
I was falling into a ball of beetle snakes. Like I can't explain it. Like just this most everything creepy all writhing together at once, falling through darkness for infinity. And um I really like that one. Yeah, the death card? Card, yeah. Thanks. Thanks. You know, and I got like the mushrooms down there. But if you go, if you look even closer, like that's a baby, right? And that path is the path of a young man. And that path is the path of a young woman. And it goes around the outside of the card and they grow and then they die. And then their energy goes back to like the, the cosmic soup and gets picked up again. And you get repackaged sometimes. I think that's sort of how I think reincarnation works. I don't think we necessarily always get to retain all the parts of our individual souls. I think when we're reborn, we are reused energy. But I think that we're sort of like a cup that's been dipped into a, you know, like one of those buckets they used to clean up the slop at the bar. You know, like just all the alcohol goes in there and you're the cocktail that comes out of the bucket. You know, I heard it was 80. I heard you retain 89%. 89 percent uh, of your according, according to the guests, uh, according to the guests from our last show, Samuel that sounds like an incredibly specific amount. Exactly. I would love to, I would love to know how they came up with that. I, well, I that's from that's from the uh, the ninth planet, the golden planet. So it's from it's from uh, some ETs apparently that that oh okay yeah that, that I, have all the answers. I yeah I mean yeah I mean so <laughs> okay so anyway so the hanging man like. How the tarot works is it it is it becomes very specific to your life. Um I was get put I posted some Patreon rewards back in last September, and this guy I know who runs a plant medicine private membership association, um that I taught him how to do, right? I, I taught him how private membership associations work and stuff. Because, you know, guys, you guys know I was trying to do that transliminal wisdom society and protect people who wanted to use plant medicines. Yeah. I did a shit ton of research. I didn't have enough money to make anything happen. My buddy did. I taught him how to do a PMA. He's got a private membership association in Rochester, which is, it's a society of people who, you know, use plant medicines and appreciate them and believe, believe that they're sacramental. Anyway, he's got this shop in Rochester. He saw me posting my Patreon stuff. He liked the art. He'd see me posting on Facebook and he invited, he said, Hey, you want to do an exhibit at my shop? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm not ready at all. I was not ready. I had nothing. I didn't really have prints. Um, and I'm like, yeah, but I'll, I'll, I have the major arcana done. I'll be able to, you know, get something in this shop in like three weeks, you know? Um, so I went at the third, the third week. And, um, from when he asked me, and I had stuff there to install, and I literally am hanging up the hanged man picture on the wall. And there's like it's a, it's like one of those long, narrow, like old style Victorian shops, like 15 foot ceilings. You know, so there's like three narrow, tall rooms. I'm in the middle room putting up the art exhibit and where the main part of the exhibit is going to be. This electrician was working in the back, trying to get the lights right so I could have a black light exhibit back there. And he's up on this. And I knew he was back there and he's only wearing like one of those headlights in a dark room. Anyway, it was a mess in the shop. And these, my buddy has, he's collects high value things. And there was all these oriental rugs that have fallen under the floor under this guy using a step ladder. Right. And it comes full circle. We got to hit in the head with a drill. So <laughs> like months later, so my, like I hear this crashing bang. I look back there and I see this guy's feet 
like hanging from this light. Like this guy's like hanging from a light while I'm hanging the hanging man. So I run back there. And like, I, at that point I had a herniated disc in my upper back. I, I was a mess. So I get back there. I'm like, please don't fall on me. I'm going to try and get you like, and like we're screwing around. And this guy is literally hanging from this black iron fixture. Right. Like this black, like one of those black pipe light fixtures, you know, like the arts and crafts style. He's sitting there with one how hand. Tall, all how high up? Oh, probably seven feet from his ass to the floor is probably seven feet. But right next to that was all the festival gear with the tent posts and like all the tent posts digging up out of a box, literally where he would land. So there's all these like spokes, like punji sticks and stuff. Right. So I get back and I'm like, whoa, whoa. And I, I get him down. Not a big deal. Right. But I blew my back out and I, I had to go home. Cause like I, I had a herniated disc. It went the wrong way. I was in a huge amount of pain. So I went home. We rescheduled four weeks later. I go back. So that, that's that one. That's the Hanging Man, right? That's that guy's story. And he then I, I did a reading and the Hanging Man came up. And so he realized that he was working, A, in a shitty environment that didn't have enough light and he should have been taking care of his own safety. And like he had all these, he had the Hanging Man experience. Like he had all these revelations about maybe taking better care of himself. Because he's like one of those dudes who just works stupid and, and, and puts himself in danger all the time, right? And I made fun of him for it. Right, a lot when it happens, which is great because literally when I was doing the uninstall, I dropped the drill in my head. Um, so then the next week comes over, like, and I'm supposed to do the install again, and I'm in the back, same place, same time of day, and then from the front of the shop, there's fucking, there's a huge crashing noise, right? And this wind, like the front window has a chair thrown through it, and there's like a Buddha that he's got. My my friend has has great taste in art. He collects like Thai. Buddhas from Thailand and like sculptures from all the Chinese restaurants. They have fancy sculptures go out of business. He buys them. So he's got all this, all this Asian cool sculptural art. Anyway, the, the window gets smashed in and there's this guy there who's like, literally, I didn't, he's like, he's like just obviously this completely crazy guy. And when I walked up to him, I only recognize him because of the whole, like he has these scars on his head. And I met this guy at the same place like a month earlier. And this is a guy who've been shot in the head six fucking times by, by gangsters. He had like, and you can see the wounds in his head. He has like, he keeps his head shaved. You can see the bullet holes in his fucking skull. Like six years later, he's still got these lumps and he, he went off his medicine. And so he was going completely crazy. He's friends with Mark. And, um, and I was like, I, I, I needed to be there for something. So long story short, I was able to keep the shooter cop in Rochester who was, Prop who's is rumored to have been directly involved or pulled the trigger on the last two crazy people who got shot. That guy showed up after 20 minutes of chasing this crazy guy around his mask window, and I was able to save the guy's life. So there was the, like there, there was this sense of meaning as I was doing the install. Like I was there at very specific times when I had a very specific set of skills, and I was the person who saved the day, and it was very cool. So I did that. Um and that guy was going through this whole death experience, right? Was there a card involved in that one too? Um yeah, like there, the I had a version of the death card that um, I have a version of the death card and a version of Hanging Man that I don't have images of here, but they're very clip healthy. They're very, they're very much more abstract and scary. And like I was hanging those. That's the one I was hanging up when this guy smashed the window. And like when he came into the shop, the thing that made him able to not completely go nuts because I guess he was going to kill people is he saw my crazy fucking art. And saw that somebody saw the things he saw. Like I, it was, you know, in the program, they have this idea, like people get up and tell their stories 
because they're qualifying, right? They're qualifying to be, to show other people that they belong there and they're qualifying to help. You're talking about addiction, addiction recovery. Yeah. Like an addiction programs. Yeah. Like in any 12 step program, there's this thing called qualifying, which is where you tell your story and people can tell if you're full of shit or not. Right. It's it's really simple. If you've been in the rooms at all, right. You can easily identify people who are full of shit and people aren't, you know? So I would like, my art allowed me to qualify with this guy who was in the middle of a completely fucking insane psychotic (laughs) break. He was talking, he's like, there's rule to destroy her. I'm like, and I think he was sort of fuck with me too. I don't know if he's as crazy as he said he was because he was like naming like, shit from ghostbusters but he had that like i don't know if you've ever been around somebody who's completely fucking unhinged where like literally the air almost makes you itch they're so fucking uncomfortable to be around because you look at them and like they you can't even look them in the eye because there's so much crazy there that was this guy you know and so the, the, the they got put off again the installation when i finally got there right it was it was this beautiful community of people that showed up to look at my art and showed up to support me and showed up like all these readers. I had like, I know five super talented tarot readers because I didn't want to do readings during my own exhibit. Cause I just didn't want to do readings with other people's decks, but all these great tarot readers showed up and kept showing up, even though I probably weren't getting paid enough because they liked being in the space and around a place where the tarot was being, you know, sort of, that's great. Yeah. Being sanctified yeah. in a way, yeah. you know? And so like, I like I would love like like one of the things I'm gonna have on my, on my Patreon is I'm gonna have like symbology classes because like I can talk about skulls for an hour, right? I could talk about the symbol of skull and how you know I'd have to go into lines and curves and what they mean. And it take it, it would it's overly complex, but basically skulls are symbols of the skull is a symbol, keep your mouth fucking shut and look, right? Look, don't talk, and reality will great will get greater and greater potential for you and you won't be locking yourself out of things that maybe you should get you know and that's sort of for me what death is in general is a symbol is like it's the look don't talk right it's to pay attention be more like a dead person like just just pay fucking attention and watch and keep your mouth shut and maybe some maybe you'll notice something you know um yeah so you got any other ones you want to show us there um yeah. Now we're done. Now I feel like I didn't talk about anything. God. But yeah, it's, I, I, uh, <laughs> we got some time. So I don't know, man. Let's see. Oh, yeah. You wanted to mention maybe if there was, was there anybody, uh, Anything sort of related to any listeners from Gramerica or people? Uh, there's a couple of experiences on your journey with your art that. Uh, oh yeah, let me yeah. see. Yeah, what's see. which card is it? Oh, strength. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, this is the one I wanted to show you guys. Hold on, let's see if I can get it open. Um, yeah, the four of the five of Pentacles. Hold on. I'm going to stop the share. Yeah, no problem. And let me see if I, I don't have it, but I can get it there fast. Okay, no problem. Yeah, this is a crappy version, but it's what I got. So how big is are your pieces when you're hanging them in these places? Um, Like you're able to make them fairly, fairly large? Well, yeah, like, can you see behind me? Yeah. On the yeah, wall there? Yeah, like that. Yeah. That's the chariot. 
the one on the so right. So like two and a half by five feet, kind of two so, and a half by four, two well, by four, or so, something so like that. Those are painting, there's painting sizes, and then if uh, a, oh yeah, yeah. If there's you can see one, over yeah. there on the yeah. there's some cards over there. Like yeah. that's the, the regular card size is like eleven by nineteen. Um, I do my paintings. I do twice as big because I need to work with the paint brushes. Um, and with paint, and I'm not that good with paintings. Your cards are eleven by nineteen. Eleven inches by nineteen inches. Yeah. Like for a regular deck? No, no. That's that's the size oh, of the illustrations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, illustrations. Yeah. The cards yeah. are like a quarter the size of that. They're like yeah, four yeah, and a quarter yeah. by five and or two and three quarters by four and a quarter, or four and three quarters, something like that. Yeah. Um. So let me go back to Zoom and see if I can get this up. Oh, I'm so. I have it right here. I'm just trying to get it to open the way I want it to. Yeah, you have to pick a different window, maybe. Yeah. What's your favorite card? Um, my favorite card. I. I don't have one really. Like I, 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 I go through cards that I really love, but I don't have a favorite. Really, I mean, I think you know, um, for sure, like for me, um, um, how do I hold on? I'm trying to get back. There we go. I'm the, I like the magician card, Darren. A couple times I've pulled that card specifically, just doing like a one card pull, and that one keeps coming up. Oh, this is cool. Okay, five, so this five of discs. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm going to have a blog. So one of the things I'm going to have my patrons is going to have blog posts about stories about this and about symbols, right? In the, the Rider White desk, this is deck. This is two little. It's like a guy on a cross who's missing his leg, and like another person walking through the snow by a church like this. And I started drawing this one, and while I was drawing it, it was when I was going through um a really hard time with my dad's dementia, um, and sort of a, you know, um, coming to grips with the fact that I was going to lose him and stuff. And I was talking to one of the great Americans about this, Lou. Lou, who's awesome because like he's the story of Lou, the myth of Lou in Celtic mythology is great. It's a guy who becomes a deer and a owl and a fish and he transforms and goes back to being a man. Anyway, so I was drawing this while I was talking to him about it. I didn't know anything about um I didn't know anything about his relationship with anything specific right i never actually even even seen a picture of him um and uh i drew this and then we were talking I'm like hey you he, we were talking about it. i'm like hey let me show you this piece of art and when i showed it to him he got totally freaked out because that wow. looks like lou and his dad who was on crutches who ran out of who literally ran out of gas in a snowstorm and had to get gas from a church like this is a scene from a guy's life that I was talking to and having a deep sorrow bond with, right? Where we were being, we were supporting each other in manly sorrow, right? And so this card is an, is a, is both a scene from the Rider White Smith deck and a scene from his life. Wow. Um, and guess, guess who posted in our chats this morning? Who? Lou. Yeah. Listening to Mel K on Outlawed and Mini Synchro, as when Darren says Paris Hilton, 
I noticed the Hilton symbol on my Tim Hortons cup. I like how the voila right after implies magic. Yeah, so yeah. He's looking at voila and per, uh, Hilton on his Tim Hortons cup. And then he posted funny. that. He posted that this morning. So yeah, that's amazing. And like, and so this card, I, I wish I had the pictures of him, but I, I don't have them. But I, I like he like if you go to my join my Patreon and go, you'll be able to see pictures of the guy that I did not have pictures of that this just looks just like. Like it did. Like, yeah. It really does look like him at one point, and it looks like his dad at one point. Um, and it's crazy because their size difference was about like that, and uh, like and it as I've created the deck. Like that's sort of one of the reasons that my art, I, I have a hard time differentiating between art and magic. Yeah. Because when I get deep into art projects with people, I start sharing things in their memory that they might not want me to know. It's happened wow. with several business partners where like, I'll have a dream. Okay. I'll, here's the story. I had this business partner. I had this dream about my business partner being in the throughway and going into a cafe where they had a rub and tug place. Freeway? Where or throughway? They, no, like where they the cafe, like a, a coffee okay, shop, okay, like, okay. A, like a diner. They had a, a rub and tug point joint back. They had like sort of retired looking girls working at it and like developmentally disabled girls working at it. And so I told the dude about this dream, right? And how, how fucking hilarious it was that he was paying for a rub and tug from these retarded chicks. And then he's like, who fucking told you? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, who told you? I'm like, wait, you did that? He's like, he's like, I, he's like, I didn't know what to do. He's like, they were really into me. And I'm like, I'm like, but they were like developmentally disabled. He's like, yeah, but they were really, you know, the really horny developmentally disabled girls. And like, and then like, and then when he realized everything that he said to me, literally it was the end of our business partnership. Like within a week, we, we had nothing to do with each other anymore because it freaked him out so much. Cause like when he, when he finally figured out like that, I had a dream about his past. Right, and then I have like this sort of present ability. Yeah, it was weird. It's happening. You can't make you can't make that one up. I mean, that's yeah, just, it, I mean, it, who would ever think of that? Yeah, you know, like 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 who like I don't know, like unless maybe I stopped at the same place and was trying to see if he'd been there, but I it was in a state that I'd only been through like the other side of once, you know. Um, yeah, so I think that you know we share a space, and I think that thoughts have a space that is that has its own like it actually has a physical reality right and i think we can shape that reality and i think we have to be i think that the the thing is the more you learn about magic and the better you get at it the more the less freedom you have to be an asshole and to fuck up and to say the wrong things because the more your word becomes law the more your word becomes law. So it's like, like the things that or we, the more your thoughts even become law, right? Yeah. Like I manifest shit that I don't want to. And like, I, and at that point I can actually, there's a part of me that's like, I'm going to retreat, become a Christian, like <laughs> the fucking Christian aggregate take care of me. Like exactly. I want to be protected from my own. Like, I don't want to have to be a God to fucking have success. I don't, I don't want me saying one negative thing leading to like a kid breaking his arm. I just don't want that. I don't want any, like, like that kind of power is scary to me. And there's some of that in magic, you know, but then again, it's like, what are you going to do? Not play the game. Like that's literally what the whole, that's what the game's about. It's about learning all of that stuff, you know? Um, yeah. I love the way you put that. So, so when you, when you finish off this, this tarot deck in the end, like, are you going to have to make a booklet and describing everything to, so when somebody does it, each card has a page of description and all that, like, do you have to go through that process too? 
I don't think like I think it, it will be done by then because part of what I'm going to do with Patreon is I'm going to have I'm going to do as I finish cards I'm going to do entries and as I get stories about cards I'm going to do entries and I'm going to talk about the symbols in the, in the cards and there's going to be in the Patreon I will have you know sessions where I'm literally just moving a cursor around and talking to a microphone and trying to explain how the symbolism for me and the energy flows in this in this particular section of the card works you know um and by the time i'm done with that i'll have a book worth of material as long as right, i just right. let but myself that's, but, go but, did, but does that go out with all tarot decks do people now do books with all all of them now um most tarot decks have like a like a shitty little like yeah. this means that and i don't think that you can read the best readers that I know don't have a rigid, like, so for instance, the Six of Swords is some people in a boat, right? It can be a very tragic card. It looks like it's a sad card, but in general, the Six of Swords is a positive card. It means that you're escaping from the war, right? You got out of the bad situation. For some people, it doesn't mean that, though. And so I think that with magic, like shamanism, that and this is why I don't trust people who are, have rigid dogmatic definitions of things is that it's relational. You know, it's about the relationships between you and everything else in the world and where those meanings fall into place. So I think in general, right. Um, like people can't even agree that like, there's no firm agreement in the tarot community about what elements are, are applied to which suit, which is dumb. In my opinion, because obviously wands are fire, right? Because they, they have flaming cattails and have to fight like like the Queen of here. Let me see if I can find the Queen of Rods. I think I have her somewhere. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, that's an interesting example. And that and that should be an easy one, right? The elements with the with the suits and yeah. Who's the tarot authority? Who decides like what the cards mean? <laughs> there there like... is, there is, there is no authority. Like the, the, the spirits. The... So I could just make a deck and be like the Ace of Grimes, means that you suck. No, right? I have to follow a basic outline. Oh, jeez. Thing like it, it like. And this is the Queen of Rods, so the Queen of Wands, yeah. Like, and wands are from anybody. Recording in progress. Should, I shouldn't say things are obvious, you know. Um. Yeah. Anyway, um, and swords, and the, for me, the reason that then the, the, the question is: Are swords fire or are swords? air and is wands fire because you can make fire from sticks but also plants need air right so there's, there's that's where the debate comes in but the reason swords are air is because you don't just need fire to melt steel you need a bellows right you need an air
stuff is recording more like, in to progress me, more like a talisman than a weapon you know yeah yeah except in tarot in there's a lot of cards where with the wands where it's dudes fighting with staffs right and the but it's it's sort of entertainment like and in there's not a lot of people fighting with swords in the sword suit there's a lot of people being sneaky shits right doing things like i think it's a seven of swords has a guy with their there's the one that's where the guy has maybe it's five where he's got he's running out of a camp and he's got an arm full of swords and some of them are pointing towards him and he's so excited about selling other guy's swords he's about to steal himself and he's got this funny look on his face i haven't done that one yet there's another like the, those ones are coming right those that's the next set is the the conflict rods and swords are coming so there's like eight cards that are gonna be in my next set after i get the aces done so um, so yeah. you got one you got one patreon going then right now I have a Patreon. I'm going to have a Kickstarter for the um, expanded Oracle deck because um, a lot of the art, one of the things that I discovered is that I brought in a whole bunch of art that wasn't tarot just to fill up this space. And there was this really talented reader, Gloria, who is just the most talented tarot reader I've ever met. Like, she's not a strictly, like, correspondence-based reader. She's a really talented psychist who also has pretty good sense of the correspondence. But she, the, the tarot are the doors, right? The tarot is a door that she reads. Like, it's a window that she looks into your life with. And it's one of the ways that she keeps her gifts and her abilities under control because, and that's why, if you were going to subtitle this podcast, I might subtitle it Stories from the Dooryard because that's, for me, what the tarot is. It's like this, it's like standing in a hallway full of doors, right? And the deck, when the cards are face down is like a bunch of closed doors. And as you open up a reading, you open up doors to different rooms and those rooms become spaces and the things in those spaces interrelate in a much more than two dimensional way. Um, Did your deck have a name? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's the Grin and Barrett Tarot and Oracle. Um, I have a Patreon under, um, there's a Grin and Barrett Patreon and there's a, there's uh is either under Grin and Barrett or under KW Barrett. I'm not sure which one is under. I have kwbarrett.net, which is the the prime space to go for all my shit. Like I'm gonna have kwbarrett.net is gonna have comic book stuff that I did. It's gonna have my fantasy writing. It's gonna have the tarot deck. It's gonna have other esoteric art that I did. It's gonna have teaching and healing offerings. It's gonna have like access to jewelry and magical tools because I make magical tools too. I make jewelry. I'm I'm just sort of a jack of all trades about creative crap. So go to kwbarrett.net and that's the place to find it all. Um, and right on the splash page of that, there will be a link to the Patreon and to the Kickstarter for this. Because the deck, the first thing I'm doing is I have so many major arcana and so many different versions that I want to put out one set of the major arcana that's going to be mostly the different versions with some Oracle cards and do like a 33 card run Oracle deck. Because mainly the reason I fail, and I know this about myself, the reason I fail at all my creative endeavors is I obsessively throw myself into them because it's the only way I can get anything done. And eventually it creates a financial hardship because I don't start making money with them soon enough. Right. Yeah. And then the financial hardship when I'm facing, well, am I going to work on some paintings or am I going to, you know, go do floor tiles so I can fucking put some heat in my house? I have to go do the floor tile. And then like, it's like three months later 
and I haven't gone back to it, or I'm just so fucking resentful and angry because once I get my life back on track, I don't want to go back to the art because it means I'm going to wreck myself financially. So I'm trying to do it differently. I'm trying to ask for support. That's why there is a Patreon where you can go and support. And there's going to be tons of like cool options. You're going to have a lot of access to my digital shit. Um, I'm starting to do more blog posts and I'm going to be doing like live drawings. I'm going to be doing like uh, sketchbook tours for some of the higher paid patrons where like I literally will have everything that I did for a month and I'll show them everything that I did for a month creatively. Like I'll go everything and talk about how each step of the process relates back to all the, all the other steps. Um, yeah. And then the, so the Patreons just support me as an artist in person. The Kickstarter is to get a deck out there. There's going to be a cool like foil back deck. If we meet that stretch goal, which you will be able to use like it's going to be similarly sized to the most popular Rider White Smith deck. So you can literally take your Rider White Sticks Smith Arcana out of there or stick both the decks together, have two sets of major arcana and do a reading with a major major with a minor arcana. And then in November 11th, 2023 is the ship date for the full deck with all 78 cards. So I'm doing one in June and I'm doing one in November. The one in June has more accessory art like there's going to be an art there's going to be a card in there called dragon there's going to be a card in there that i have images for that you can go and you know, look me up on facebook or instagram like a lot of this stuff will be available until i make it a hard no seeing most of my other places and more people pay but you can look me up on chris barrett k-r-i-s b-a-r-r-e-t-t on facebook grin and barrett Tarot, and oracle g-r-i-n-n-a-n b-a-r-r-e-t-t tarot and oracle there's a facebook group that you can join i would love to have people join be part of this community that i'm lucky to be part of and that i'm trying to build my little branch up you know um yeah like because in the end our, our ties in a vacuum and i this last i think if i hadn't had a podcast plan i might have just been quitting doing this because this like last month sucked like it was it was a horrible month for heating and finances and i i i, I Things didn't work out with people buying stuff at the show the way I thought I was going to, largely because somebody who was instrumental to that show told people to hold off on buying my art because I would get desperate and lower my prices. And I will never do that. I would like, like that's, I, I will lower my prices for people that I fucking care about, but I would rather burn my art than give it away for, than sell myself cheap with it. Cause I've done it. Like, and this is the person who said it is a guy who has four pieces of my art hanging on his wall that I gave him his thanks for other shit. Right. So he thinks my art's free. Like, and like, there's a part of me that's like, do I, do I give away another piece of art in my fucking entire life? Because everybody that gave away art thinks my shit's free. Thinks it, thinks it, thinks, thinks it takes fucking nothing to do it. You know, like Jesus Christ, like, I, like, and like my art is stupidly detailed. Like it's, it's annoyingly detailed. A lot of people don't think it belongs on a tarot deck. Gordon White would probably fucking hate it because it's too detailed, too much going on. He likes simple, clean art. And he's like, that's why I've never even, haven't even tried to contact him about it because I swear, like he, he, he described my tarot deck when he says tarot deck, the kind of tarot decks that he hates. It's my deck. I don't care. <laughs> lots of, lots of people love my deck. And so Gordon White, if you like my deck, that's fine. I don't mean, I don't want to pick a fight with you. I don't know. Anyway, but like, it's one of those things where, it's fucking incredibly time confusing. I'm sure he appreciates all the hidden symbolism and everything you got in there. I don't all know. The I details. Don't. I mean, even on that one card, the death card, you've got the two blue humans on the side that you don't, you know, you, I didn't even notice those for the first five minutes of looking at it. 
Yeah, yeah. And the blue, that's blue like, women, the blue women on the side. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, there's like that. The, yeah. I mean, like, I, I try to make, I'm a person who hates simple paintings. If I have something sitting on my fucking wall, even if I drew it, I want to be able to find something I didn't put, I, I didn't see there before. I'd, I'd like to sit and stare at art, you know, like, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Sense. Like, and I, and I I do crazy abstract art. Like, and I've always been that guy. Like, there's this painting I kind of want to pull out and show you, but it's just gonna make a mess. Oh, the other thing is, um, let me show you. Now, I'll, I'll don't don't worry about it. Okay, I can't do okay. it either. I, I I had I had I have pieces of that are custom pieces, but people can go to my wherever and see that. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll send every. I'll put all links in the show notes and stuff. And yeah, and yeah. we'll and we'll keep in touch. And then we'll we'll remind everybody. On the show when it when it when it comes to closer time May 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 or June as well you know yeah yeah we'll, for we'll sure plug like, it again yeah yeah and I I'd appreciate that I'm gonna be like I I was hoping because I live in New York State with Sarai Ascath from Where Did the Road Go I kept my show open because I really wanted him coming to come and do a podcast interview with me in the show because I thought it'd be so cool and he's only like an hour and a half away. And he contacts me the fucking day after I take down the show. He's like, oh, dude, I forgot to check these messages. I'm so sorry. Is it still up? I'm like, no. He's uh, like, well, we'll still do a podcast. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. You know, um, because it was a really mad. It was like it was a ritual and very magical space. And yeah. that's the thing. And I think that there's community. There, there's like, I think if we can find the things that we love together and we can be magical together i think the communities can work better and you guys are like you guys are my teacher for that man you guys are so far ahead in community building that i could than i've ever been you know it's what you guys have done with the trips and with building the american community i'm indebted to you i'm super thankful for um i fucking love that community and i love you guys you know thanks so, buddy yeah. thank yeah, you thank you, you for giving awesome. me the honor of being able to be on the show oh yeah thanks man. that's great yeah, it's great. Love your art, and, and and it truly is magical and powerful. I can vouch for it. Well, thank you. Yeah, Thanks. Right Thanks. on, buddy. Thanks. Um, okay, is that, and do you guys do you guys have anything else? Daring, do you have anything? Any questions? No, uh, let me know when I can buy a deck. I'll buy a deck for sure. All right, cool, cool. You can buy a deck. Um, you could send me the money for it now because it's getting published in November. So, in November this year, yeah, November eleventh is the ship date. That's how long it's going to take. Um, but yeah, like, or you can buy the, you can buy the early deck in June. Like you can buy the expanded deck, which is then you can mush them together and have special cards that no one else has. Cause if you buy, the, if you buy, if you buy the augmented Oracle, there's going to be cards that other people don't have. And you'll have choices between which cards you want to put in your deck, or maybe you want to keep them in there. Cause they mean different things. Cause that's sort of what I'm trying to do is sort of show a lot of cards. They have two traditional readings. And I'm sort of trying to do cards for each of those for so that people can, you know, really build their deck the way they want to. Would that be the Patreon or the Kickstarter if we wanted a deck? Uh well, Patreon joining us the Patreon, there's a Patreon award where you get discounts. The Kickstarter is closely related to decks. Patreon yeah. is more about you'll get some shit from the tarot deck and you'll probably get some tarot cards shipped in the mail that no one else gets, right? But the Patreon is more about people who want to support artists and be okay. involved in the artistic process. So Kickstarter would be a good way to go for the deck. then. Yeah. If you want to do the deck for sure. Cause if the Kickstarter doesn't get funded, I'm not printing the deck. Like I, I'm just not, I'm not putting down thousands of dollars for a project. I, I'm not going to have more shit that I made that I thought people wanted to buy. If people want to buy it, 
they can buy it. It'll be there. They can help it come into the world. You know, and I think it's going to happen because I, I've, I'm overwhelmingly kindly been supported by tarot readers in general. Like, I'm being fairly regularly harassed by about ten or fifteen people. Great. Make sure that I'm not giving up. So it's good. Awesome. I've, good. I've been very lucky. Well, you got our support too. So. Well, thank you guys. Thanks. Right on. Thanks, buddy. Thanks right. for coming back on the show, Chris. We'll catch you in oh, the chats. Oh man, I'm sorry. I'm such a flake. I I, I wish I had been more focused. I don't know. But thank oh, no, you. No, it was good. It was good. It was good. Yeah, the tarot people are gonna love it. All right, cool. I'm tarot right. you. Uh, All right. Recording stopped. Cool. Okay. All right. Ciao. Yeah. See you, buddy. I'm gonna go smoke a cigarette, guys. I'll okay. talk to you later. Take care. All right. Bye. And that was a chat with Chris Bear. What do you think, buddy? Yeah, I like it. I love his art. Like it. Yeah. I love it. You got he got his art stashed all around the studio. I did. I know. I have. I have a piece. Uh, yeah, I still have a piece. Have you let a yeah. cat into the studio? I I do let cats in the studio. Looks yeah. like you're looking at a cat right now. No, I'm trying to. Uh, I was seeing if maybe the art was around somewhere. Oh, I could show. oh, it's right there. Yeah, it's right there. Actually, right. I can't and, see. Nobody can see. I know. I'm that's sorry. super pointing, helpful. Pointing <laughs> yeah, right. I was, I was like, the whole time I could have just looked up, but I. Oh. Big thanks to Chris for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Even bigger thanks if you're one of the small minority that choose to support the work. The value for value work. A lot of people make the mistake of thinking the podcast is free. It's not as a value for value podcast. If you are getting some value from our little show here, head over to grandamerica.ca slash support today. Sign up for a monthly, make a one-time donation, whatever you can do. We'd love you for it. Other than that, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Actually, that's not it. Head over to America.ca and check out our tours. We got an event coming up in Utah next month. That's going to be a, a banger that people probably want to check out. We have uh, some Randall Carlson stuff coming up and another event in Canada coming up, the Eclipse next year. Come check it all out. Contact, it's all over there. America.ca, the trips, the audiobooks, the mystical life of Jesus just came out. A bunch of great stuff over there. People getting kicked off at Discord and head over to our chats. You can find it all at America.ca. Other than that, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. I sat on the wall. I could see it all. Trickery was afoot, and evil was at its root. The people were scattered plots, not many could connect the dots. Some people stood tall In spite of their righteous voices made small Put down your phone Your souls turn to stone The rhythm of the algorithm has driven a schism Created this prison I'm shocked and appalled At the technocracy's gone Pulling strings of marionettes Setting traps in cybernets Infinite scroll as addictive as cigarettes Cat videos for freedom of the press People that stand tall In spite of our righteous voices made small
Put down your phone Your souls turn to stone The rhythm of the algorithm Has driven a schism Created this prison Double click uninstall Rome's about to fall This hard drive is corrupted And our minds have been abducted By a silicon dream so seductive When yelling at bots becomes unproductive People, we need to stand tall In spite of our righteous voices made small Put down your phone Your souls turn to stone The rhythm of the algorithm has driven a schism, created this prison. This prison.